Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk to you today about the Kingdom of God. And particularly what we're going to talk about today is kings and priests. And it's uh, a phrase that we see appearing in Revelations. Uh, It appears at least in uh, chapter 1, verse 6. And it talks about these kings and priests and who they are and what they are. We're supposed to be these kings and priests. And to tell you the truth... I really don't see them, and I've written an article, uh, it's going to appear here soon on News of Views, and it begins, it is hard to find kings and priests in a land of the slave and the home of the afraid, and that's really what America has become, it's become a land of slaves, now nobody wants to think that, we're the freest country in the world, they love to repeat that phrase, but the truth is, they're not really free. They're not the freest country in the world. Uh, they're not the freest nation in the world, that's for sure. Uh, there's a lot of places that have a great deal more freedom, a lot less regulation uh, throughout the world. They're not necessarily safe places or safe havens. A lot of people want to talk about fleeing to other nations where they'll be safer than they are in America because America is the, you know, this kind of giant economy that it's created uh, because of uh, characteristics that were found in American society years ago, long since have gone away, don't exist anymore in America. And uh, they're, uh, they're uh, uh, on the road in America to absolute economic collapse. And uh, we've already seen a moral collapse uh, just on the show before uh, this show, I heard them talking about someone who had been performing marriages for years is no longer going to do it because of the new law that says that he has to uh, marry gays if they come to him. And so, therefore, he can't marry anybody or else he'll have to marry gays. It's like if you open up a hospital, you also have to provide abortions, even though you find that morally irreprehensible. And uh, so... Uh, there's actually the danger of uh, a lot of hospitals shutting down, uh, insurance programs shutting down. I understand and we'll have a program on this on the uh, uh, insurance now. Uh, it used to be that uh, the government was motivating people to buy health insurance by giving you an exemption. Whatever you paid for your insurance program would be as deductible as any medical expense because it doesn't go to you, it goes to the insurance company and therefore, uh, and it's there not only to help you, but possibly to help other people who have that same insurance program because if you don't get sick, the money goes to supposedly take care of them. Of course, that's not really the way insurance works. Insurance is to make money off of your fear of not having any insurance. And so people have no other alternative but to buy insurance or they could be absolutely economically devastated by some sort of catastrophe in their family, a car accident or uh, uh, illness or fall or anything might bankrupt your whole family 
because of the medical costs. Of course, there's a solution to that. Just don't go to the doctor. Just die. <laughs> and you don't worry about it. But uh, we're all going to face death anyway. But you want you want your loved ones to survive. You want to survive. You want to be there for others. And so you go for medical help. And it's it's extremely expensive. I mean, it can absolutely bankrupt even a fairly well-to-do family. Uh, a minor accident that causes injury. Uh, just having a baby can cost you ten, twenty thousand uh, dollars, with no real severe complications. Uh, that's staggering. That's that's uh, that's unbelievable. But that's the way it's it's come about over the years. So what do you do? Uh, well, you need to rely on the kings and priests. You see. That's one of the big problems is people don't understand what it means to be a king and priest. And what that particular phrase is really talking about when we uh, look at Revelations. Revelations 1.6 it says, And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father to him, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, that is really a loaded statement. I'd say 99% of the Christians who read it don't have a clue what it's really talking about there. One reason is they don't understand what it means to be made king and priest. And because most people who think they're Christians think that us refers to them. Because they only think they are Christians. They imagine themselves saved and they imagine themselves believers in the gospel of the kingdom. But they don't even know what the gospel of the kingdom is. They haven't even really heard the gospel of the kingdom. That's bold. People are going to take offense that I say that. I am telling you, make straight the way of the Lord because your modern churches are not doing it. Like the minister who said, oh, I'm not performing marriages anymore because of the fact that now I have to perform gay marriages with this new law, and so therefore I'm going to give up $50,000 worth of income that I used to make performing these marriages at our chapel because I'm not going to marry any gays. And everybody says, well, he is taking a moral stand. Well, he hasn't changed anything. He isn't going to stop gay people from getting married. He isn't going to stop homosexuality. Uh, but what the problem is goes way deeper. He shouldn't have been performing those marriages anyway. He wasn't performing marriages for the dominion of Christ. That, that's, let's go back to that statement. Revelations 1, six, And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. What is he talking about? Dominion. When you perform a licensed marriage, you're performing that for your father in Washington, D.C. That's right. You, you have permission to perform a legal marriage in Washington, uh, for Washington, D.C. Because that is the one that has the dominion over legal marriages through the states. And the states 
are uh, the federal government holds dominion over the states. Now, they like to think of themselves as the sovereign state of Texas or this state or that state, and they, they can withdraw from some of these programs and become independent. But they, they have no citizens. You know you're not a citizen of the state anymore? You're a citizen of the federal government. Been that way since the 1800s. And it's been consolidated more and more by other subsequent acts. Look up our article on citizen versus citizen. You are a subject citizen of the federal government and a resident of your state. You're not a citizen of the state that you live in anymore. And so, therefore, if your state leaves the union, where's it's taking with it the federal citizens? Not going to be because you are also collateral for the debt. You aren't kings and priests. You're merchandise. You're human resources. You don't even know what it means to be kings and priests. And yet you're claiming Revelations 1.6 that he has made us kings and priests. Are you doing the job of a king? Are you doing the job of a priest? Do you even know what those jobs are? Do you have any idea what is going on and what you are doing as kings and priests? No, because you aren't kings and priests. And you aren't doing the job. Let's take a look at some of these things, that what your job description would look like as kings and priests. When we say the phrase, made us kings and priests in the biblical text, uh, as I said, few understand the significance in the relationship of liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Where we are told in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in that liberty, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. When that fellow was uh, performing those illegal marriages on the behalf of the state of whatever state he was in, I think it was California, doesn't really matter because they all have followed the same pattern. You were bringing that union of man and wife into a three-party contract. We described this very clearly in Holy Matrimony versus Marriage. We aren't making it up. We're using Supreme Court decisions. We're using state court decisions. We're using... Uh, these uh, decisions and statements right in Black's Law Dictionary and in the laws themselves that state that when you enter into a marriage contract with the state, it is a three-party contract in which the state has dominion over that relationship. You go into divorce court. You, your children, the jurisdiction and authority over your children, the courts can now terminate your parental rights because they did not come from God. They came from the state because you entered into a three-party contract covenant with the state. You aren't kings and priests by no way because you didn't rely on your Father in heaven's dominion and glory. You went to the glory of the United States and its dominion and said, Will you bless our marriage? Will you join us together? What God has joined together, let no man take, take apart. But when you're joined together by the state, the state has every right to take it apart. And you have made that choice. And you have made that choice because your pastors are brutes. Those soft-spoken 
uh, palm, sweaty palmed pastors who have been telling you about the gospel of the kingdom are absolute losers when it comes to being a part of that gospel. They don't know it. Now, they might want to repent. They might want to turn around and start preaching the real gospel of the kingdom where Christ has dominion in your life. But right now, what I see most of these pastors doing is not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They're preaching the gospel of slavery and bondage and sending you back into merchandise because they told you it was okay to covet your neighbor's goods. It was okay to pray for benefits from the fathers of the earth. Go read our article, Call No Man Father. It is very simple. It is very clear in the biblical text. It is very clear once you put the biblical text in the context of history and language that when Jesus said, Call no man on earth, Father, he was saying, Don't go to these government leaders who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority and ask them for permission to marry. Enter into a holy matrimony. Don't go to them and ask them to take care of your needs. Your insurance needs, your health needs, your uh, social welfare needs. Your, any of those needs, start going to God and asking Him. Now, how do you go to God and ask Him for benefits? Well, you can go into your prayer closet and pray, but you actually should go to church and pray. I lost my job. I'm going to lose my home. Can I, can I get some help? My wife is sick. My kids are sick. Where are you supposed to take your kids when they're sick? You're supposed to take them to church. Now, that doesn't mean that you know, if they break a leg that you have to go to the church and the priest said it. No, there are people that should also be going to your church that know how to do this, that are medically trained, that are trained in these things and they can help set it. And the people that are there at church will help pay his fees. And his fees will be moderated according to righteousness. Now, how do you do that? Well, you come together. You know, there's there's an insurance program that is not really an insurance program called the Good Samaritan. Uh, and it's almost like the kingdom. It isn't. But if you would gather together in congregations like the early church, you wouldn't need to go to the Good Samaritan. You would be the health, education, and welfare of your people. The Samaritans were... These They were considered like dogs. They were considered like this uh, racial group that, that the Jews wouldn't have anything to do with. But Jesus is talking about these good Samaritans doing what you should be doing. And your churches are not doing. You should be taking care of those that get beat up, fall off the ladder, get in a car accident. You should be taking care of them at the church, whatever it takes. If it's a medical bill on in ICU, fine, pay it. But if you had ministers who were working together, you could actually go and negotiate that bill. You know, you can still, and this will probably be taken away too in the future, you can still donate to the church and deduct it. No matter what church it is, it doesn't have to be 501c3 registered church. If it's a church, it's automatically considered deductible what you give and that church go and negotiate your insurance bill you could do that but you have to come together first as a congregation to be health education and welfare for each other and what that makes you every member of the congregation is now king and priest 
in his own family. He has dominion over what is in his pocket, what he earns with the sweat of his brow. That's what Christ was doing. Now, you're not in that place. You're in the bondage of Egypt. You're entangled again within the yoke of the bondage of Egypt. And we cannot discount that. We cannot make that go away with a wave of our hands. You're back in Egypt and you're going to have to pay your tally of brick. But you need to learn what it means to be in a free society. Few comprehend that this reference to being kings and priests is about being free men in a free society established and appointed of Christ because they are under a strong delusion that has been brought to them by their pastors and ministers. Now, true, they may have been under a strong delusion as well. But this is why I am calling and God is calling them to repent and start seeking the kingdom of heaven. Matthew twenty-one forty-three. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. You guys aren't doing that. You aren't bringing forth the fruits thereof. You are in debt up to your ears. You have a society that is morally bankrupt, a society that is uh, falling apart at the seams, and you're not doing anything about it in your churches but waving your hands and singing songs. In Luke 12:32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's taking the kingdom from the Pharisees, the Jews, and giving them to other Jews who were called the apostles, the little flock. This is now the kingdom of God. There is no other kingdom of God. Those men and anyone who followed them by adoption were a part of the kingdom of God. A lot of preachers say, oh no, we cannot mix up the church and the kingdom of God and and uh, the promise to the Jews. The Jews said they had no king but Caesar. And personally, that's what most of the Christians have no king but their president or their prime minister, whatever country they're in. That is the, the, who they give dominion over their lives and they give them dominion over their lives to get benefits. And they want those benefits at the expense of their neighbor from men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority, even though Jesus said it was not to be that way with you. So if it is that way with you, then you're not a Christian. You're not a follower of Christ. You're not doing what He said. You're not keeping His Word. You're not believing in His Word. You're believing in the exact opposite of His Word. And you are not a king and priest. You are not a part of the kingdom. You are not in His church. And you are not saved. And you need to repent and make straight the way of the Lord. Turn around and go the other way. Before it is too late, you're coming to a fiscal cliff. You've already gone over a moral cliff. But God is throwing you a rope. And it's called the truth. Grab a hold of the truth and start acting accordingly. In Luke twenty-two twenty-nine, Jesus specifically talking to the apostles, having already said that you are not to be like the princes of the other nations, the government of the other nations, the leaders and rulers of the other nations. You're not to be like them, 
because they call themselves these benefactors, but they exercise authority. In other words, if you need a coat, they will take one away from your neighbor. They will take one away from the rich or from whoever they can get it away from, and they will give it to you. And you just have to pray to them as the father of you, the the one who holds dominion in your common purse of socialism. Absolutely the antithesis of what Christ is saying. You're not to be that way. And everyone who prays to a minister or administer who will take the coat from your neighbor so that you can have a coat, will take money from your neighbor so that you can have welfare, food stamps, social security, who will take your sons and daughters and send them out to supposedly protect you from foreign invasion, whether real or imagined. That is the antithesis of Christ. That is the antithesis of God. That is a rejection of God. And that is what you've done. And all you people going to your Christian churches thinking you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you're the ones that pounded the nails in. You're the ones that said you had no king but whoever he is today. Whoever your Caesar is. That's where you look. That's where you pray. That's where you seek your security. That's who you serve. You're a scattered flock in the kingdom of God. You're dead bones in the kingdom of God. But those dry bones can live again. You just need to repent and head back to your father's house. To your father's FEMA. Faith Emergency Ministry Auxiliary. To your father's DHS. The Department of the Holy Spirit. Because that is the only real security you're going to have. Now, if you owe the tax, pay the tax. But start gleaning in the field at night for your benefits. Start coming together and looking to one another. In that Luke twenty-two twenty-nine, he wasn't kidding when he said, I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me. A kingdom, not the kingdom. Christ has the kingdom, but a kingdom, a dominion, a right to have dominion is given to his church. To those men who will give up everything to follow in his ways. And we explain all this in detail in the books and on the websites. And you can go read it all for free because we're not charging you for the Sermon on the Mount. How much did John the Baptist charge to tell you to make straight the way of the Lord? $50,000 a year, do you think that was his salary? No, he gave all that up. To tell you the truth. And the truth doesn't pay very good in dollars and cents. But it pays a lot in the retirement program. It pays a lot in the heart of satisfaction that finally somebody is saying the truth. You deserve the iniquity that is coming upon you. But God will forgive you. But you have to turn around. You have to repent. You have to go another way. And that way is a way of sacrifice. That is a way of caring about others as much as you care about yourself. That means you have to start sacrificing for others. You have to start becoming that king and priest. King in your family. Rule over your family, not over your neighbor's family. You can't covet your neighbor's good in the, in the kingdom of God. If you want eternal life, Christ was very clear. You have to keep the commandments. You won't keep them perfectly and He's ready to forgive you. But you have to forgive others who also don't keep them perfectly. Who would like to make you slaves and merchandise. 
You have to come to this with forgiveness in your heart, hoping that they too will repent. You have to come with giving in your heart, where you're giving up the life that God has given you for others. And then He will give you more life. This is the way it works. And if you can gather together with others who want to give up their life, sacrifice their life, to provide their life for others, so that others may see the truth, then, then, there's hope. There's hope that God will give you more life. And we'll tell you more about that when we return to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're talking about kings and priests. And the fact that most people who think they're Christians are not kings and priests. They're actually slaves and servants. And they're not slaves and servants of Christ. They're slaves and servants of other dominions. They have not been fruitful in the kingdom. They have not set men free, but they have become entangled again with the yoke of bondage. People do not understand that when you got the baptism of Christ, you no longer had access to the welfare system set up by the government of Herod and the Pharisees and their Congress called the Sanhedrin. That was a government. The temple was a government building. All the temples of Rome were government buildings. They carried out government jobs. They registered the births. They registered diplomat papers that came into the country. They registered contracts and land purchases. They owned land. So who was keeping track? The government was, and they were doing it in these temples. Those pagan temples were government buildings. The temple of Herod was a government building built by the taxes he charged. Yes, they were taxes. You could actually sign up with baptism and enter into a muster roll whereby you could obtain benefits from his temple in hard times. If you were blind, if you were uh, crippled, they would support you through a system of welfare. This was extensive throughout all of Judea, throughout all of Rome, everywhere almost, had this system. There was other kingdoms outside of the Roman Empire that operated by faith, hope, and charity to some degree. And even the Romans did that. There were a great many Romans who built charitable institutions with free will contributions that was still going on. More so amongst some of the Romans than there were amongst the Pharisees. The Pharisees were operating by this system of Corbin that made the word of God to none effect. And they, they depended upon their king and their priests to provide them with social welfare through this system of Corbin. People even said, well, I don't have to take care of my parents. They got Social Security. They'll get a Social Security payment. I'll put them in a home. They'll take care of them. And I'll take over the home place. And Jesus says this was making the Word of God to none effect. You don't think that goes on today? That people who think they're Christians are making the Word of God to none effect because they are not honoring their mother and father. They are not taking care of them. 
They require the king, the government, to take care of them. And they pay in their Corbin in the form of Social Security payments. They are not kings and priests. They have hired other men to be kings and priests. And those other men who are kings and priests, those men carry guns. They don't carry swords anymore. They carry guns. And if you don't pay in because you've signed up or your parents signed you up, if you don't pay in, they will kick in your door. They will come with guns and shoot you or your family members. And they will force you to pay in to them. Because those are the kings and priests of the dominion which you are a part of. And you have been brought into bondage under. And I can't get you out from underneath that bondage. But Christ can. But you have to turn around and start following Him. you got to put up first. The prodigal son was not teleported back home to his father's house. He had to turn around and head back to the ways of Christ. What are those ways of Christ? Are you following in those ways of Christ? Are you doing what Christ said? Are you doing something else? Because your preacher said, Oh, you don't have to do anything. You just have to believe. You don't have to repent and seek the kingdom of God like Jesus said. You don't have to do that. You just have to believe. That's a lie. That is a satanic lie and it's coming out of your churches. Matthew 10:38 And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Sounds like work to me. Now, will you earn salvation? No. You have to repent. It's still going to come by grace. But if you're not turning around, taking up your cross, and heading after what He said to do, then you're not saved. You don't believe in Jesus. And you're not worthy of Him. That's what He says. He that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loses his life for my sake shall find it. You can find lots of men that are dying for their king, their rulers, their dominion. They're dying in foreign wars all over the world. Russians did it. Americans do it. Even the French do it. But that's not dying for him. That's dying for other dominions. Because they, those men aren't Christians. They haven't given dominion. Now I understand that this is often done through ignorance. And God is judge of these individual men. But I'm talking about the precepts here. Precept-wise, we have abandoned the kingdom. We have rejected God. And we need to repent and turn around. This is why we're not seeing the miracles. Or you're not seeing the miracles that you need to be seeing. I'm not going to say I'm not seeing the miracles. But you're not seeing the miracles that you need to be seeing. And some of the miracles you see are false. They're not real. And we've explained that in other shows. But he that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. 
You have, you've been giving to disciples of Satan. You have been giving to administers of systems based on the sword upon those benefactors who exercise authority. And you may still have to give to them because you've made a covenant with them, a contract with them. A lot of people say, oh, where's the contract? Well, it's in all, it's the fact that you went and got public school and, and health care and, and you were signed up and you've been sacrificing on that altar and that's prima facie evidence that you're a part of that Corbin system. You can't just leave now because it's in debt. That's why they're in debt. They're not in debt because they're overspenders. They're in debt because they want you in bondage and bondage is debt. And they're not going to pay off the debt because then you could go free. The only way out now is that you got to be kicked out. And when they kick you out, people will be starving in the streets. But God will be there for you if you will repent and turn around and be worthy of Him. Start taking care of one another. It's a big job. You can't do it. You can't... <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I should have practiced a little bit more before this. Usually I record a show before I start the show <laughs> and uh, get everything cleared out. But I haven't done that. It's too busy trying to get other people working towards the kingdom. Trying to answer the questions. I need more disciples of Christ helping me, walking with me. I'm not their leader. I'm not going to rule over you. I want Christ to rule over you in your spirit, in your heart. I want you to walk with me, not behind me. I want you to walk with me in seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. It is not righteous to send men to your neighbor's house and force them to contribute to your welfare. It is not righteous to give men the power of Saul. It will drive him crazy and corrupt him. But you have done that. People are complaining that, oh, we got the wrong president in the White House. It doesn't make any difference. You shouldn't even have a White House. You've got one. And you are subject to it. That is the dominion you've gone under. And the majority of the people want somebody who is a very powerful benefactor who can take from the rich and give to them. And they will keep voting in those kinds of men. And that's the workers of iniquity. And they, it will be like punishment to live under those men. Whoever they are. But it is punishment because that's why God allowed you to institute those governments. He let Samuel say, go ahead, give him a king. And he's going to take and take and take and take. He's going to make his instruments of war and he's going to take your sons and daughters and he's going to put them in harm's way for his purposes. He told you. It was, it was repeated in common sense. Paying quotes extensively from Samuel saying, this is what's going to happen. And you've done it again. You've done it again. And you think, oh, well, now if we could just get more voters to vote away all these benefits, vote away all these expenditures, balance the budget. How's that working out for you? Why do you keep trying the same thing and think it's going to get you a different result? I've been around for decades and decades, half a century and more. And it just gets worse and worse. And you keep trying the same thing. Like it's going to work. And it reminds me of uh, some guys in World War II in a submarine. I know these guys. Or at least I, I know one of the crew members. 
and uh, they got strafed by their own uh, allies. Poked holes in the top of their submarine. They saw it was one of their ships, so they didn't dive. And then all of a sudden, he comes flying over and he strafes them because he didn't recognize them. And he poked holes in the top of their sub and they dove down and then they suddenly realized that they were going down and they couldn't level out. And they would blow ballast to put air in the tanks to keep them level. But the air would just go out through the holes they punched in all the ballast. And they kept going down and the ship was you know, it was like one of these movies. You're the creaking and, and pressure getting greater and greater and they're about to be crushed. And the captain just kept, blow all ballast, blow all ballast. And the air just kept going away. And they're going to run out of air in a short time. And they weren't going to have any more to put in there. And finally, an old engineer, been in subs from way back, came walking into the captain's room and just shouted over the captain and told the people what to do. Shut this down, shut this down, shut all the power down, all the lights and everything. And full force on the engines and and put all the power to the batteries to run the engine and they hydroplane back up to the surface. And as soon as they popped above the surface, batteries just burning, smoking in there. Uh, they started the diesel engine and started coasting. And they had to, they couldn't go down again. Of course, they were filling the air tanks again and all this stuff. But the, there were holes in their ballast. If they stopped, they would sink. They hydroplaned on their fins all the way back to harbor. <laughs> that's that's uh, if they come across the enemy, they would have all drowned again. They would have gone down because they could not. You can't keep sustaining the batteries once you go down under the water, and that wouldn't keep them up. They had to find someplace shallow to be <laughs> really quick. But they kept trying that, kept blowing the ballast, blowing the ballast, kept trying the same thing, kept trying the same thing, and they were about to die. And somebody said, we got to try something different. And that's all I'm saying. Is this, put the energy that you've been putting into trying to change the minds of greedy, avaristic, selfish people who aren't going to change. Start coming together with people who are not selfish, are not greedy, who care about your rights as much as you care about your own, and start being kings and priests. Again, think about that. You're king, you're priest. You're in a congregation of ten families. You pick a minister, not a ruler, a servant, not somebody who's going to tell you what to believe, but going to walk with you as a servant. He's going to help keep you all together taking care of one another. That's what his job is. He's the servant. You're the king. You're the priest. And that means that if you need to do something, defense of one another, you have to come there for one another to be a defense to one another. If somebody needs help, somebody gets injured, somebody gets sick, somebody has to go to a doctor to get a leg set or whatever, you're the priests. This is what the priests were doing. When you gave your sacrifice in the Old Testament on the altars, they did not burn it up. They didn't set it on fire. It was burned up to you, but they used it to take care of the needy of their society. That was an offering to God to keep your society free. That That's a book I have to finish. Now, if you read the book, Thy Kingdom Come, 
for the article uh, Sacrifice of Sophistry or Artifice in Language Land, you will see that that is what the altars were. They were living altars way back then in the days of Moses. Those stones were living altars. That's what the priests were doing. They were serving the tabernacles of the congregation. That's what it says. The word tabernacles is the same word for tent. The tents of the congregation. They were serving the individual homes of the people who gathered together in tens, hundreds, and thousands. They were serving those homes. How? Taking care of the needy. Father dies, there's a widow, there's orphans. They took care of them. How did they do this? The people in that congregation donated funds to him on his altar in the form of sheep, oil, grain, whatever they produced. A tenth of whatever they produced. They gave it to him to help take care of him and to help take care of the needy of his society. It was a tax called a tithe. To, to actually perform services of society. That's what they were doing. They were learning to care about one another. Learning to honor one another. Honor their families. Honor their fathers. Honor the families of their neighbors because their families of their neighbors were as important to them as their own family. What kind of a society is that going to produce? One that where you can get raped in the streets and nobody does anything? Well, eventually it did because people became apathetic and didn't do it. They didn't care. They didn't work at it. You say, well, none, nobody in my congregation needs any help. Well, you still got to be there. And besides, you're talking kingdom, not congregationalism. So you have to think about the other congregations. The other congregations that are linked to your congregation through your minister because he gets together with nine other ministers and they pick a minister. And this is how they linked an entire nation together. What your system does is divide those families. Survey was showing that in neighborhoods that 90-some percent of the people didn't really know their neighbors. 75% of the people, I think it was 75, 76% of the people didn't know a single neighbor in their community. Not a single neighbor on their block. Didn't know a single one. That, you are in a desperate state as a society. You are all divided and you are all conquered because none of you are being kings and priests. None of you are being kings and priests. So when they talk about us being kings and priests, they're not talking about you guys. You guys are slaves and servants. You are subject merchandise. You belong to the state. It's not your government. It is the government you have chosen for yourselves. And God goes on in, in 1 Samuel to say, Go cry unto the gods that you have chosen for yourself. Because I will not hear you in that day. How many times does he talk about not hearing you in that day? Because you don't realize that Christ appointed a kingdom to his ministers who followed certain protocols in the care and service to their people. 
And those people had to be kings and priests. They had to provide to that minister the means by which he could care for the needy. But your ministers are in Washington, D.C. and in your state capitals and in your county seats. And they want to provide for the needy too, but they don't do it by free will offerings like Moses, like the early church. They do it by forced offerings. And they should have the right to force the offerings from you because you ask them to force the offerings from the rich or those that had more than you. And really what's happening now, I know people living higher on the hog, on welfare, than old widows on Social Security that have to pay in to their needs. You rob widows and orphans. You covet your neighbor's goods. And you think you will find freedom by electing a different leader who will be more kind to you. No, it's not going to happen. Didn't work with Saul, who was a good guy to you, gave him that kind of power. Barely worked with David, who screwed up left and right. And hasn't worked with anybody but Christ, who said, you got to take your responsibility to give up your life so that you can have life more abundant. You have to become... Someone who loves your neighbor as much as yourself. You have to do it. And if you won't gather together to do that, to love your neighbor, then you should be in bondage. You should be under tribute. And your rulers should not only whip you with whips, they should whip you with scorpions. And they will. Because you're a worker of iniquity. Now that's a hard message. Maybe I'll be a little gentler in the the next show. But you need to hear this. First Peter 2.16 As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. That's what you need to become as a servant of God. By becoming a servant to one another. You cannot do that without gathering together. They had removed the silver from the Roman coins and they ended up with runaway inflation. They removed them partially with Marcus, uh, actually with uh, Anthony and Cleopatra, Mark Anthony and Cleopatra, but they really got going under Nero. He removed almost half of the silver. But shortly after that, there was no more silver in the coin. They had runaway inflation and a loaf of bread went skyrocketing out of price and, and people were starving, but not the Christians. Because they had come together in these tens, hundreds, and thousands. They were taking care of one another. They had already left the decaying system. They had gotten out and formed a new system based on the appointment of Christ, which still is available to you today, if you will honor the king and do as he says. You know, First Peter 2.17, it says, Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Who the heck is that? Fear God, the God in heaven. Not the gods in your government, but the God in heaven. Honor the king. Who is the king? Who is the king? Aren't these the men that say there is another king? One Jesus? That's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, if you have contracts with the kings of the world, you're going to have to keep those contracts. But if you want to be a minister of Christ... And give up all that. 
we can show you how to do that too. In the in the article, I quote the call no man on earth father, and I've already mentioned that. You need to understand what that means to call no man on earth father. Because you're you're calling the governments of the world your father. And Christ said, don't do that. You read that article and you tell me that you're not doing the exact opposite of what Jesus said to do or not do. You're doing what He said not to do. Pray to the Father in heaven only. But you don't pray to the Father. Now you apply to the fathers of the earth. And they're all around you. In every country, you have the fathers of the earth. These are the, the, These governments are based on the law of Patronus. It explains that in the article. And I'm not going to go into it. We don't have time. But you need to understand what a true Christian is. They are doers of the Word. They're not hearers only. And the, and the Word means that you have to care for one another in real ways as kings and priests. You have to come together and sacrifice of your life so that you may have life more abundant as others sacrifice for you. Why should they sacrifice for you when all you want to do is take from them? It just doesn't work that way. Repent. Turn around. Make straight the way of the Lord. Until then, may peace be upon your house. And may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. And I'm Brother Gregory and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. And the topic for today is kings and priests. And I'm talking about it in relationship to an article that we're putting out on this whole idea of kings and priests that they mention in Revelations. And it's, it's really an important topic because you do have to do something for salvation. You don't earn it. But you do have to repent. You do have to turn around. You do have to seek the kingdom. And unfortunately, most people 
that are out there preaching the kingdom don't seem to understand what it is. They think it's for the dead. They think that, oh well, I, I, am, I am here now and all I have to do is believe in Christ and then sometime in the future when I die, I will be swept up into heaven because I believe in Jesus Christ. But Jesus said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who doeth the will of the Father. And in Revelations 1, 6, we see, And hath made us kings and priests unto God, and his Father to him, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It's like a prayer. We are supposed to be the kings and priests. We are rulers of ourselves and priests to our families. And if we love our neighbor as ourselves... We are to be priests to their families too in service. We are to be kings of our families and if we love them, we want them to be kings and priests in their families and we have to help them do that. Because that is serving. That is feeding the sheep. That is being like Christ who came to serve, not to be served. So therefore, we must have the image of Christ in our own hearts so that we will serve one another. If Christians were being Christians in America, if all the people who claim to be Christians in America were really Christians, really doing it, there would be no social security. There would be no health care. There would be no aid for whatever coming from the governments of the world. And I use that word world. You need to understand what word world, that word world really means in the context of my kingdom is not of this world. And there's audios and there's videos and there's uh, there's all kinds of uh, uh, booklets and chapters on our website at hisholychurch.org that will tell you what world Jesus was talking about. And that's actually the world that you are of today. Your benefits come of that world. The one who takes care of you, the one you apply to for benefits, is of that world. And that world is not of Christ. It is not going to bear the fruits of Christ. In fact, it is there to punish the wicked who pray to it instead of their Father in Heaven. And all you have to do is pick up your cross, turn around, and seek the Kingdom of God and His righteousness, which means you have to develop a society that operates like early America did on faith, hope, and charity. That the welfare of that society came from the charitable hearts of those people in the community. And then when there... if if you saw that community being devastated, who would you run to in that community to save first? The rich man or the charitable man? Who would you go to save first? The drunk or the good man? The good and uh, man who serves the community on a regular basis? The troublemaker? Or the peacemaker. 
This is what happens in society, is that people who have good hearts go and defend others who have good hearts. They go and defend the virtuous and the noble and protect them and provide for them and help them. And by doing so, they become virtuous and noble and others want to help them. And the virtuous grow in strength and in numbers in your society. And the wicked decrease. But that's not what's happening in the world today. The wicked have elected their rulers and you have signed up with their rulers to become having one purse for your security. And those rulers are taking from you and taking from you and taking from you. I I talked in a show not too long ago. People want to tax the rich. Like somehow that's the answer. Like that's going to work. They tried that in England. Everybody who made over a million pounds a year was going to get this heavy progressive income tax. Guess what? The following year, almost nobody made over a million pounds. And those that did make over a million pounds made a lot less than they made the year before. How did they do that? They just put their income somewhere else where it didn't look like they made much money. And guess what? The tax revenues went down. Rich people aren't rich because they're stupid. Poor people are poor because they're stupid. And because they're greedy. Because they're selfish. And you say, wait a minute, I'm not selfish. I'm not greedy. I'm a nice guy. I'm just, this system has made me poor. Well, the problem is, is that you haven't been seeking the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, you have one purse of love, not one purse of force. In the world, you have one purse of force. And you have to pay the guys who do the forcing. And they take what they want. Because they're into force. They're into greed. They're into taking. That's why you elected them. They're takers. And they're going to take and take and take and take and take. Read First Samuel 8. Read it. Again and again and again. And tell me that you have not gone that way of rejecting God. Tell me that that is not exactly what you have done. And that is not exactly what has happened to you. And Christ did not lead you to go back that way again. Moses did not lead you to go that way. But you have gone that way. Revelations 5.10 And has made us unto our God, king and priests. And we shall reign on earth. You don't reign. You're a merchandise. You're subjects. Whatever country you're in, you're subjects. Your merchandise. Your collateral for the debt of your nation. And what nation is not in debt? You have not been made kings and priests of our God. You could be. But you have to repent and turn around and go another way. A way you have not gone. This king and priest... That's you. You should be king in your own household. You are not. You are not king of your own marriage. You're not queen in your own marriage. You're not king and queen over your own children. That can all be taken away. Legally, it can be taken away because you've made contracts, covenants with them. And that's why we wrote the book, Covenants of the Gods. 
A lot of people find that hard to get through. They, a lot of them, you know, I had somebody the other day, I sent them an article to explain something. Nice, simple article, religion, pure religion, what it is. And uh, they said, you're not giving me any proof. And I said, well, it's in the footnotes. That's why the footnotes are there that, you know, it gives you references as to where we get this. So you can look it up yourself. And he says, I can't be bothered with reading footnotes. I just want to know the answer. Can't be bothered with reading footnotes? (laughs) That's where the proof is. I make a statement. I put a footnote in. So you can look up and see, is that really true? And she can't be bothered with that. She wants me to retype it in so she can see it in her email. She said, well, I'm looking on my phone because my power drive or something went out in my computer. And so, yeah, I actually have a smartphone here that I could use. So I went, I'd never done this before. So I went on and I looked up the article in, in the little, it's not really a smartphone. It's kind of a semi-intelligent phone. I can actually see the web on it. And I looked it up and I found the article and I clicked on the footnote and bingo, it went right down and gave me the reference, the biblical reference, the legal reference, everything. The historical reference, they're all there. Thousands and thousands of footnotes. So you can find out, am I telling you the truth or am I lying to you? You know, one of the things that everybody liked about Ron Paul is when Ron Paul was speaking, he actually said something. He actually told you what he was going to do and what he thought could be done. And he gave you solutions and he told you when there wasn't a solution that you were going to have to do it. And he told you something. You listen to most politicians and they tell you nothing. They, they don't tell you any answers. It's if, After you finish, it sounded good, but there wasn't any content to what he said. What I say is content. I remember somebody who we know who's, uh, was listening and he says, I don't understand Ron Paul. Because he actually gets beyond the, you know, uh, the level of thinking that most people operate at. He actually explains things. He actually gets down into why things are the way they are. You know, somebody else says, well, I'm going to give you change. Everybody goes, yeah! He didn't say what kind of change. But everybody, oh yeah, we want change. Change for what? Change to what? Didn't tell you. Don't need to know. I'm going to make you safe. I'm going to make you feel good. I'm going to pay this. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to take from these guys and give to you. Yeah! And everybody goes along with that. And you fall for that. Because you are coveting your neighbor's goods. You are not kings and priests. You are the covetous. And the covetous shall be made merchandise. That's what Peter says. He was talking about you guys. You have coveted your neighbor's goods. And a lot of people say, oh, I haven't. You went to public school. How was that paid for? Your neighbor was forced to provide you with free education at the point of a gun. You lived by the sword and you got your free education. He said, well, my parents sent me there. Well, okay, your parents sold you into bondage. Now you're in bondage. What are you going to do about it? You cannot be set free unless you repent and turn around and start coming together and providing the benefits of government through faith, hope, and charity. If you will not do that, you will not be free. 
You will remain entangled again in bondage and you will not reap the salvation of Christ. You will not receive the liberty of Christ. You will remain in bondage because you will not come together and care for one another. You want to go to a church that makes you feel good. You're a religionist. Most people in religionists today, including many modern theologians and ministers, do not understand what was meant by a priest. They have a B-movie vision, perception, of what a priest is. The priests of old served the homes of the people who congregated together and gave him the means by which to take care of the needy. Not in 500-man congregations, in 10-family congregations. So that you could keep track of what he was doing and what he wasn't doing. He was going to connect you with other ministers like himself and turn your 10-family congregation into a 100-family congregation, but keep it intimate and local. So that if your family lived in the low valley where there was a fire or a flood or a famine, you could call out to 90 other families in your network and say, we need help here. This is overwhelming. We cannot care for this need by ourselves. People don't understand that Herod set up a system of social welfare through the government temple where you could get baptized and registered by the scribes who were going to take account of you. And you had to pay into them according to what you made in a given year. Your tithe was now a tax. You had to pay it in. And he would take care of you through the social welfare system set up by the temple and all the registered synagogues throughout the empire of Judea. But Judea was now going under the rulership of Caesar voluntarily. It hadn't been conquered yet. They had applied to Caesar to help them out. And the Pharisees were key in this. Now there was another group in Judea at the time that was taking care of its needy by faith, hope, and charity and would not accept the benefits of Caesar. Because Caesar had free bread giveaways in Judea. People loved Caesar. They mourned when he died. That was amongst the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the poor. But there was another group of poor that was doing something else. They were continually learning to live by faith, hope, and charity. They were taking care of their needy through faith, hope, and charity. And they were forming communities that operated that way. And they were the first Christians. They were Jews. Citizens of Judea. But when the Pharisees had it passed that if you don't want to receive the benefits of our society, you're cast out. You were cast out of the temple, out of the local synagogues. You could not get those benefits anymore. You were not a part of their Corbin system of social welfare. If you got the baptism of Christ, then they were free. 
you don't deserve, you are not ready to have them let you opt out. Because you have not opted to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You have not been building a network of people that care as much about their neighbor as they do themselves. Your priests are down at the county seat. Your priests are down at the state offices. Those are the ones who take care of your needy. And they take the contributions. They call them contributions. Yes, they're forced. But they are your contributions. Until John the Baptist, this is how people established the government of the people. For the people and by the people. They got them to sign up and become subjects where men who could exercise authority could take from them or one class of citizen and give to another according to their discretion. So who are they going to give to? They're going to give to the poor who will vote them into power. And they will take and take and take and take and take, just like it says in First Samuel. And that is where you're at, because you have not been seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and therefore you are not priests and kings. You are subjects and slaves. This idea of king, it comes from a, a word, uh, uh, basis, which means foot. Do you have the right to decide where your foot goes? What your foot does? Or do you have to get permission? Can you be drafted and taken away and sent to Vietnam or Iraq or Kuwait to fight his battles for him? That's because you've rejected God. Yeah, that's what it says in Samuel. This is what happens when you reject God. Is He can make His instruments wars and take your sons and daughters. And that's where you're at. And He's there to punish the wicked. All the people who elected Him. Whoever He is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you elect. You're still going to get the same thing. You're still going to move in the same direction because you're moving away from God. God's system is people come together in the perfect law of liberty who help one another because they love one another. And you cannot love one another if you don't even know who your neighbor is. Like I said in the last show, you know, 60 to 75% of the people in the country don't even know anybody on their block. They don't know them. That's hard to believe, but they don't know them. They might recognize some of them and they see them. But a lot of people, they go out and get in their car and they back out and they never even see the other people. They don't know who they are. Well, it's easy to rule with people like that. You need to start coming together. And there's, a, there's clearly a movement in the country, in the world today, of people going to meetups. And uh, Glenn Beck started a lot of these things. Uh, but there's... Even amongst the liberals, they know community. We have to get back to community. TED groups. Uh, virtual communities online where you, everybody in your street is supposed to, who is online is supposed to create this community deal and have projects and all this kind of stuff that they get together. But if you don't have the Spirit of Christ in this, it's not going to be of value. But I believe that the Spirit of Christ is, is speaking in some of these people that are seeking this. So what, what should you do? What should be the plan? Well, join us at hisholychurch.org. Get on our network, which is based on geographical location. 
Sign up and find out who on your group can be your contact man. We call them PCMs, personal contact minutes. You pick them. Or you volunteer to be one. And you come together and you try to connect with other people, maybe just in Southern California or in Nevada or Iowa or wherever you're at. Just in that state, connect. And then get together. Now, what do you do when you connect? You can't do the priest and king thing yet. It's too, you're too far apart. You don't know each other. You don't have the means. You can start moving in that direction. That's what it is. It's turning around and start moving in that direction. Get together and form a group of 10, 20 people and say we're going to try to find ev- other meetup groups, other people who gather, homeschoolers, home help. We're going to gather with them. We're going to let them know who we are. We're going to make a presence. We're going to be a voice in the community that says, we're with HHC. We're with His church. We're seeking the kingdom. We're seeking a community. An intentional community. That The groups of intentional communities. They're all over the place. An intentional community that is going to gather together based on the precepts of Christ, which is to serve one another, to love one another, to forgive one another, these are the precepts of Christ. What's wrong with that? And gather together with one another. To be good, not to feel good. And you may feel good because you be good, but you're not going to create an artificial feeling with a false social community, which is what most churches are. Because they're not doing what Christ said. They're not being faith, hope, and charity. They're not being the health, education, and welfare of the people. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof, the dominion thereof, the right thereof, to be the government of God on earth, to be priests to all nations. They have gone whoring after other gods. People don't know what that means. Read God's Many on our, our web group. Read Voice of the People on our on our website. It's onlychurch.org. Read First Samuel 8. Read it. But there is a solution. This word priest is Harris, which is the first part of the word hierarchy. You'll say, oh, there's no hierarchy anymore. Yes, there is. You're it. The people are the hierarchy. You have the authority. If you don't have the authority to decide what you will contribute to your neighbor's welfare, if somebody else has that authority, if somebody else has that authority to decide for you what you're going to give, they are your hierarchy. They are your priests. In the kingdom of God, you as a member of a free assembly, you have the right of free assembly, and that's what a congregation is. It's not an association. It's not a corporation. It's not a club. It's a free assembly where you stand together alone. And you decide what will be given to your servants, to be carried to the needy of your society. You decide. Then you're the hierarchy. 
If you don't decide, if somebody else decides for you, you're not the priest. They are. That's why I say your priests are down in the county seat, in the government offices, in the state capitals, in the Washington, D.C., or whatever country you're in. Those are your priests. Those are your kings. And they rule over you. But Christ turned the world upside down and made you the hierarchy. Made you the king in your own house. But you have to start doing the job of the king. Which is to care about the needs of his neighbor as much as he cares about his own. Does that mean every neighbor should you go down to Skid Row and help the poor and in, on Skid Row? Well, maybe. That's what God is leading you to do. But America is the greatest mission field in the world because we have lost sight of the kingdom. The rich live like rich, but they are poor because they are in debt up to their ears often. They are worse than poor. The man in the skid row, he's not in debt. You are in debt. I want to get you up to broke. I want to get you up to the point where you are like the man in skid row who owes nobody anything. <laughs> if we get you up to that point, now we, we know we've got you turned around and headed towards the prosperity of God. But you're going to have to give up your life so that you can have life more abundant. You have to gonna come to serve, not yourself, but others. You're going to have to come to do good, not to be, feel good. You have to become the hierarchy of Christ's kingdom and become that priest in your congregations, in your free assemblies. That's what a priest is, one who offers sacrifice. If you're a priest, what sacrifice are you offering? What are you giving to manifest the kingdom? Anything? You went to church and it made you feel good. What kind of a deal is that? We got lots of information, lots of books, lots of articles to read that will show you that you have been deceived and how you have been deceived. But there are two systems in the world today. And we're going to talk about those two systems and how to distinguish the two so that you can see a path that you could follow. We have an article up, Corbin of the Pharisees. We have an article up, Pure Religion. We have an article up uh, about uh, My Kingdom is Not of This World. And they tell you the meaning of these words and how you've been deceived. If you don't want to read articles, we've got YouTubes up on religion, on one purse, on world. Just go to our YouTube channel and it will tell you. And we'll show you. And it's all at hisholychurch.org and we charge you nothing but your delusions. Matthew eleven twelve, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. What was he talking about? 
Your social welfare system is based on force. Once you sign up, they force you to contribute. In the kingdom of God, you're free under the perfect law of liberty to contribute as you see fit. But if you don't, then what will your reward be? Because you're not giving up your life that you may have life more abundant. And that's what you need to do. You need to turn around and go back towards that way or you will never be free. And we'll tell you more about this when we return to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory and we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. Uh, we're looking at uh, a number of uh, different things to do with kings and priests and how men operate as free souls under God and how they go back into bondage. We were warned over and over again in the uh, New Testament that they would make you merchandise, that... Uh, that uh, deceivers would come in and teach you damnable heresies and that even the very elect would be deceived and there would be this strong delusion and all these things would come about. And there would be a mark of the beast and all these things. The mark of the beast, the mark of God was the the word that was used to signify the mark of God in the Old Testament that was going to go and be put into all the people before this uh, bad time came, this mark of God was faith. That's actually the, the Hebrew symbol and, and word for faith. It was the tithe. That was the mark of God. So the mark of the beast is lack of faith. Is something that represents a lack of faith. And the fact that you go to men who exercise authority one over the other, something Christ said it was not to be that way with you, the, you go to them because you covet your neighbor's goods and you want to be secure, so you want him to take from your neighbor so that you can be secure. That is an act, not of faith, but of fear. It's faithlessness. You didn't believe that God could provide... For you through faith, hope, and charity and the love of Christ. You believe that you had to go to these men who call themselves benefactors, these rulers of the other nations, and ask them to take from your neighbors so that you can be benefited, so that you can be taken care of, so that you can be secure, so that you can have free education, so that you can have health care. And you say, well, they should give us because they're the rich and they should give it to us. You covetous beast, you. No wonder you can't see that you've elected a beast to rule over you. And that you have the mark of the beast already. Because you have the beast in your heart. You can't recognize a beast when you see one. You can't recognize a liar. There was a funny clip where somebody went out and was asking people on the street who won the debate between, uh, I guess it's Michelle Obama and uh, Romney's wife. I can't even remember her name. It's another government. I don't know the leaders of other governments. And uh, 
they had they said uh, they wanted to know what they thought of the debate between them. Well, there hadn't been any debate between them. It was completely made up. And he's asking these people, and they're giving detailed reports of what they thought won. They're liars. They're lying. And people like that will elect liars. Because <laughs> birds of a feather flock together. You can't be a politician and not be a liar. <laughs> almost, almost. You can't be a successful politician these days and not be a liar. I'll put it that way. You just can't be. I asked my father why he didn't go into politics. He said it was, he was dishonest, dishonest enough to be a lawyer, but not dishonest enough to be a politician. Okay, so there are two systems that you can seek out. System of righteousness or a system of unrighteousness, and you can work towards and pray to and and look to one or the other. One is easy to find because it's everywhere, but that isn't what we should be choosing. We should be choosing the kingdom of God. You know that's that is what um, the church is defined as. The church in Black's Law Dictionary, the church is defined in its most general sense the religious society founded and established by Jesus Christ to receive, preserve, and propagate his doctrines and ordinances. So, what does that look like? Because there's a lot of people saying that they're the society of Jesus Christ or they're the kingdom of God or they're the Jehovah Witnesses and they're the whatever. So, what does it look like? And we're talking about receive, preserve, and propagate his doctrines. And of course, we feel we're doing that. As a matter of fact, people always ask us what the doctrine of his church is. Well, the doctrine of his church is his doctrines. If he said it, it's his doctrines. Doctrines means teaching. What did he say? If he said it, that's what he was teaching. What Paul said is not necessarily his doctrines. That's what Paul is teaching. But personally, I think that Paul was actually in accordance with Christ. Once you understand what Paul was really saying, which almost nobody does. They understand parts of it, but they're, they're, they're twisted all the time. The meanings of words are twisted. And we show you this. We show you with their own writings, out of their own mouth, what is being said by Paul. What is being said by Christ. And people will hear me say these outlandish things about you don't understand this word here or this word there and this word means this and that word means that. And they'll say, oh, that can't be true. You're twisting the words and meaning of the words. But we show you the meaning of the words at that time. We show you, just showing you what it says in the concordances that your churches use. People are shocked. When they find out when Jesus said, My kingdom's not of this world, he was talking to Pontius Pilate, telling Pontius Pilate, My kingdom is not of your constitutional order or system of government that you are trying to try me in. Jesus was telling Pontius Pilate, You ain't got no jurisdiction. And he was right. And Pontius Pilate washed his hands of it. Unfortunately, he turned them over to the Pharisees and said, you guys decide. And they decided. And they wanted to kill him. And they will want to kill you too. Those socialist Pharisees will want to kill you too. To maintain their power over them, you and their neighbors. 
But I tell you that if you will go the way of Christ and start caring for one another, God will hear you and His power will stand between you and them. I'm not saying there won't be persecution. I'm not even saying that people won't die. But some people are willing to die for righteousness. They're willing to give up their life for righteousness. And I know who they are. In some cases, I don't know who all of them are, obviously. And I am inspired by their courage. But the definition of church goes on to say a body or community of Christians. A body or community of Christians united under one form of government by the profession of one faith and the observance of the same rituals and ceremonies. What is the ritual and ceremonies we're talking about? Are we talking about putting incense in a, in, in a canister and blowing smoke? Are we talking about throwing holy water on you? Are we talking about waving our hands in the air and singing songs and praying? Is that the rituals and ceremonies? The rituals and ceremonies of the early church was the Eucharist of Christ. The opportunity to give to the needy, the truly needy of their society. That was their ritual. To give of their life so that they may have life more abundant because they care about their neighbor as much as they care about themselves. That is the rituals and ceremonies of the church. That is the observances of the church. We care about one another. And we'll physically go out of our way to seek out the lost sheep who also care about one another and bring them together so that they can do a good job of caring about one another and they can be priests and kings. So now you have a choice. You have two systems laid out before you. One that operates by force and violence and one that operates by love and caring. One was the result of choice and charity and the other was the result of force and forfeiture. One was financed by charity and one by force. One was supported by a tithe and the other by a tax. One was from a free people of virtue and the other was from subjects of vice. One was based on a covenant with God and the other was based on many covenants with men who say they are gods. Read our article. God's many. You will be shocked. To the point of disbelief in many cases. But only those who have eyes will see and ears will hear. One was about willingly obeying your Father who art in heaven. And the other was about having to obey and give your allegiance to your fathers on earth who will take your sons and daughters and take and take and take and take. Read Samuel 8. 1 Samuel 8. Read it. One requires that you care about your neighbor's rights, family, goods, as much as your own. And the other doesn't require you to love anyone, but only your compliance and your allegiance and your obedience. One requires love and patience and free will offerings, regular sacrifice to help each other, including virtues like forgiveness and patience by your choice. 
and the other requires submission and compliance and compelled offerings under more and more authority, requiring more and more offerings for less and less benefit. One is dependent upon paying the price for you, and the other one is depending upon you being in debt for it. One makes you free, one makes you merchandise. One is composed of real Christians who have repented and have begun to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and the other contains those who have uh, who have and are not real Christians nor followers of Christ, nor followers of Abraham, nor followers of Moses. Jews today have followed into the same apostasy. Muslims are in the same apostasy. They aren't following Abraham. They've turned their back on Abraham. Even the Muslims say that Jesus was a prophet, but they aren't doing what Jesus said. They aren't doing what God said to Abraham, what God said to Moses. They aren't doing it. I mean, there's some that might be. There's some Christians that might be. There's some Jews that might be. But anyone who is not has already rejected God. If you are not in a free society, seeking to be in a free society that takes care of one another through faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty, you don't follow Paul, you don't follow Christ, you don't follow Moses, you don't follow Abraham, and you don't follow the prophets. Because that's what they were talking about from the beginning. Whole nations operating by free will offerings. Their armies supported by free will peace offerings. Their poor supported by free will offerings. And you say, well, if we don't force them, they won't give to us. And we won't have. Have you tried giving yourself? Have you been gathering with unbelievers and expecting them to believe? Do you really believe or is it the beast in you speaking? Let's take away from the rich. Let's take away from those who have so that we that don't have enough and, and, and be justified in that. You're the beast. That's the beast speaking in you. That's the devil himself speaking in you. Stop listening. Start giving by faith, hope, and charity. Walking in the peace in the sacrifice of Christ. People tell me all the time. I hear it. I see it on Facebook. Oh, we are crucified in Christ. I don't see it. I don't see you giving up your life to have life more abundant. Now, some people are deceived in the system and they, they happily pay their taxes. But they are paying them to Saul. And the Sauls and Caesars of the world. And they have to because they've made covenants with them. But they have to start seeking the benefits of God's kingdom by being kings and priests to local congregations who don't just read about it in the Bible and misunderstand half of it anyway, but actually are doing it in a network of living souls that care as, that care as much about their neighbor as they do themselves. Is that what you're doing? And so what we've done is we've created a, what we call the living network. And it's not the email group. If you're on the email group, it doesn't mean you're on the living network. It means that you're on an email group. The email group is so that we can put you in contact with others. And yes, they're Google groups. We're using actual Google groups to do this. And people say, oh, you don't want to use Google because you know that's a conspiracy. We use Google because we want you to understand 
that this is not going to happen on the Google Groups. The Google Group is just to find other people. When you form real congregations of record that are really doing what they're doing, we will create in-house groups on our own server that will take care of this. But don't think that that's even secure. We don't want your personal information out there for everybody to pick up. We want you to gather in real living networks of men who care about you, women who care about you, people, living souls who care about you as much as they care about themselves, but who love God and His ways of faith, hope, and charity. Not forcing you to contribute, but desiring you to learn the Eucharist of Christ. The desire to give and be thankful for the opportunity of giving. Where you go to church to do good, not feel good. Where you go to church to do righteousness by others in hope that they may do righteousness by you. I actually don't pray for righteousness and justice. I pray for mercy. Because we have gone so far away from the kingdom that we don't even believe it's possible. Can people actually come together and be a nation of people within nations This is what the early church was called, a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire. Their union and discipline was praised by historians. Like Edward Gibbons, who wrote The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. You're in the midst of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire again. You're seeing it crumble about you. Do you elect a different leader? Or do you elect to go a different way? Go the way of Christ. Not the way of force. Not the way of covetousness. Not the way of Caesar. Go the way of Christ. There is another king, one called Jesus, who is not coming to rule over you, but to serve. And if you want to serve him, serve each other. This is what he says. If you love me, feed my sheep. Are you doing that? Are you even finding his sheep? Are you out there? Are you good shepherds seeking those who want to live by faith, hope, and charity? Not those who want to live in some strong delusion. This strong delusion that I am saved because I believe in Jesus when you don't even know what Jesus said. You're not doing what he said. You're not keeping his commandments. You're actually doing the exact opposite of what he said. You're praying that the benefactors who exercise authority will provide you with benefits. They take care of you in your old age and provide you with social security and retirement. And they haven't even provided you with honest, just weights and measures. They've provided you with war and murder and mayhem in every country. Who killed most of the people in the last century? Was it crazed gunmen it was government gunmen who killed most of the people in the last century by far was it thieves and robbers no it was governments that you gave power to because you looked to them and elected them and chose them to rule over your neighbor so that you could be secure that is the opposite of what Christ said set your neighbor free 
Say, I don't want those benefits anymore. Ah, okay, I, I, I've agreed to pay into it. I'll pay into it. And if you, if you think you want to be completely out of the system, then you have to lay down your life for Christ. Completely. That's what he said. Give up everything. Follow Christ. To die truly and follow Christ. And then you might be worthy to be one of his ministers, one of his servant ministers, one of his disciples. That's what he's talking about. He wants to return every man to his possession and every man to his family. In order to get there, some of you have to be willing to come out like the Levites, like the apostles, and be the ministers of God. And preach the word of God and the ways of God. His rituals, his ceremonies of sacrifice one for another. That is the kingdom of God. That is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And you haven't been hearing it. You've been dragged into a strong delusion. And you will soon be crying out because the world will be collapsing around you. And you and you will cry out to God, but He won't hear you. And he told you He won't hear you because you haven't followed His ways. They are different than the ways of the world the constitutional orders and systems of government that you have chosen for yourself, which are bringing about your day of destruction and desolation. You need to start investing in the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That means coming together with one another. Put your energy into it, your life into it, your service into it. Don't say, oh, it's so much trouble. I'm going to walk on the other side of the road because, you know, I don't want to be bothered with the people in the ditch. You know, I mean, there's so many people on these networks that, you know, I don't want to be bothered with that. I just want to live my own life over here. I've got so many things to do. I, I, I don't have time to stop for the guy in the ditch. You know, you got to change your ways, folks. That's not being the Good Samaritan. People are going to be dying. You can see it. people are dying. How many how many soldiers have committed suicide in Iraq? Do you have any idea? More killed by suicide than by enemies. Enemy fire. That's amazing, isn't it? Who's killing who? How many people have died? Because men make their instruments of war. Now, you read our articles on self-defense. Our articles on... We've got more articles coming out on that. And what the solution is for these violence. The solution is the kingdom. And the ways of the kingdom. But you haven't been taught those ways. It's the ways of responsibility. God endowed you with rights. He endowed you with responsibilities. Because rights and responsibilities are one and the same. You have to become the responsible kings and priests in your own family, in your own community, by gathering together in free assemblies and becoming the government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And then, so help you God. But until you do that, don't count on God helping you, because He's not even going to hear you, because you haven't followed in His ways. You have rejected him. You have gone the other way. And the whole world has gone back into the bondage of Egypt. Worse than it was back then. And destruction cometh. 
stalk at you. Death stalketh you. It goes about devouring who it will. You need the power of God in your corner. You need to be in His corner, following His ways of righteousness, caring about others, coming to church to serve, not to be served. That's what you need to be doing. Gathering to serve, not to be served. Motivated from the Spirit in your heart. Picking up your cross. Picking up your burden. Picking up your share of the burden of being kings and priests. And whether you're saved or not, I'll let Him surprise you with that and His coming. But He's coming now in your hearts and in your minds. You have to let Him in. You have to admit you've gone the wrong way. Start going the right way. Start following the righteous way. Being kings and priests, servants, and caretakers for each other, not rulers over each other. Until we meet again, May peace be upon your house, and may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.